You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and this show is coming to you on Monday morning as we get ready for the 2020 NFL Scouting Combine. Just a uh, a quick note that, that yours truly is going to be in Indianapolis from Tuesday until sometime on Friday. So we hope to be able to bring you some extra podcasts, some audio from uh, Indianapolis, from interviews that we're able to collect. Mark Schofield, who uh, writes for Big Blue View, uh, does some podcasting for uh, Bleeding Green Nation, does a little writing for Pat's Pulpit. Basically, Mark is everywhere. Mark will also be in Indianapolis. There will be some other SB Nation team writers and uh, members of our college football website, Banner Society, who will be there. So throughout the uh, the Combine, if, if you're interested in finding out what's going on, you should be able to find what you need, what you're looking for at various places around SB Nation. Also remember that uh, our Chris and Joe show, uh, those guys have been doing some Combine previews. They'll also be breaking down the daily workouts once uh, players actually hit the field later this week on Thursday. So look forward to all of that. And Today, though, as we get ready for the Combine, I have with me Nick Filato, who writes with uh, with Big Blue View, one of our valued contributors. Nick has also written at Inside the Pylon and is a Scouting Academy graduate. Nick, I really appreciate your spending some time with me. Ed, it's an absolute pleasure to be here with you. Let's talk some Giants, man. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. So I'm interested for in your opinion on something that I wrote on Sunday in my my Valentine's Views column that I do on occasion. One of the things that I that I wrote about is that at the combine this week coming up, I think that one of the key things for the Giants, one of the most important things that will happen for the New York Giants regards a player that there's basically zero chance that the Giants will draft. I think that one of the most important things with the Giants sitting at number four is the medical evaluation of Tua Tagovailoa, because if that if that evaluation is a good one, I think it virtually guarantees that someone is going to try to jump up to two, three, or four 
to get Tua, and all of that is good news for the Giants. That is excellent news for the Giants. We just, as Giants Nation, we need that number four pick to have as much value as possible. And let's not forget, Tua was going to be that number one pick. That This whole Tua burrow situation i mean it absolutely fascinates me and it's something that emerges in sports from time to time i mean ever since tua came into that national championship game back in the second half to defeat georgia back in january of 2018 and ever since then it's been tank for tua and he's been the bell of the ball but that's before joe burrow i mean a graduate student that a lot of people never heard of played some of the best college football any of us have ever seen to earn that title for lsu we got that with Joe Burrow and the fact that Tua has all of these separate lower body injuries and this hip one is the one that everyone is really talking about that kind of knocked Tua Tonga-Vailoa out of the first overall pick. But I feel like things get real interesting in this draft when you look at Washington. They hold that number two pick. They have former Ohio State quarterback Dwayne Haskins and by all accounts he didn't really play that well this season. And it seems like Chase Young will be the obvious pick there. And Dan Schneider seems to be quite smitten with that young pass rusher. And then for us Giants fans, we need to pay attention to the Detroit Lions, who are at three. One pick ahead of the New York Giants. With three teams directly behind the Giants, the Dolphins, the Chargers, and the Panthers, all presumably needing a quarterback. I mean, there are a lot of scenarios that can play out here. And it's all going to come down to, as you alluded to, Tua's medical evaluation. And this wouldn't be the first time in NFL history that something huge has hinged on the Dolphins' medical staff. If we go back to the 2006 free agency, Drew Brees was a free agent. Nick Saban was the head coach of the Dolphins. And he really wanted to sign Drew Brees. But the medical staff for the Dolphins said that his shoulder just was not going to hold up and that Dante Culpepper was a healthier option. Nick Saban yeah, even that sought worked out, out. That worked out well. <laughs> It worked out amazingly, and I love to just think about how crazy things would have been, Ed, if Nick Saban and Drew Brees were in Miami. Like, are, is Belichick and Brady a huge thing? Are they the best thing to ever happen to the NFL? What would happen with Alabama? It's so many scenarios, and it's crazy how just a couple doctors' decisions, wrong decisions at that, led the NFL to change in so many different ways. But anyways, from an on-the-field standpoint, though, Tua, phenomenal. Great in the pocket pocket maneuvers it well everything he does works well with him i mean he has his eyes move with his body and his feet goes through progressions very very smoothly even when he's under duress high football iq very good accuracy he goes with anticipation has really good touch he can make all the throws in the nfl i mean his his arm isn't justin herbert light when it comes to the arm strength but it's definitely very 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 good for the nfl he can make those kind of throws so just going to come down to the lions pick if if it goes as planned with Burrow, Chase Young, what do the Lions do? Do they go Okuda? Do they go Simmons? Or do they trade back? Because there are so many scenarios that can befall the Giants. And let's be honest, the Giants can get some late picks, later picks. They traded the third for Leonard Williams. And I'm not going to lie, I would love to get more picks to have Dave Gettleman keep kicking the can down the road for, or at least just keep getting these picks so he can do what he does best, and that's evaluate talent, bring on, you know, fifth-round draft picks that are end up being long-term starters for this team, which he seems to have done in last year's draft. And and this is why I think, you know, sitting at number four, there are some Giants fans out there who are, oh, you know, we have to trade down. We have to, you know, we have to do this. We have to do that. And, and for years, I've always been 
a proponent of trade down whenever possible. But if you think about it, whether it's someone at two with the Redskins, I mean, I would have to imagine whether the, the Redskins love Chase Young or not. If Miami dangles the fifth pick and the 18th pick in the first round, you have to think seriously about that if you're the Redskins or if you're the Lions. You you just have to think seriously about about uh, taking that particular package, you know, to uh, to move down and get two first round picks. But but if you look at it, if if a trade happens in front of the Giants, you're in a situation where sitting at four, the Giants could trade down a couple spots if somebody really is desperate for Justin Herbert. You'll have every offensive lineman in the draft on the board, and we know that there's pretty much four guys that are looked at as first round or top half of the first round guys. You should have every you you would have if you really wanted to go this way, and it makes Giants fans cringe. If you really wanted to go wide receiver, you'd have all the best wide receivers in the draft on the board. You might have Okuda sitting there, and. and you know, basically, you would probably have three of the best four defensive players in the draft sitting there. So, so the Giants, to me, with that fourth pick, they sit so pretty with that. If to, if the medical evaluation for Tua turns out well, I really don't think there's a I really don't think there's a wrong way for them to go with that pick at that point. I have to agree with you there, but at the same time, if the Giants can leverage the fact that the three teams behind them presumably do need a quarterback. I still feel like the Giants can nail the sixth, the fifth, the seventh pick, what have you, with oh, someone I agree. like Jedrick Wills. Or, yeah, you know, sure, so I agree. there's so much top-end talent there at, at the top of this draft that the Giants will land, and then they can obviously recoup and pick up some, I don't know, players, pass rushers, whatever the Giants need, secondary pieces. There's a lot of kind of holes on this roster that the Giants need replenished and as much value and picks as they can get, that would be excellent for this team. If you you know, if you look at if you're convinced as as we talked about, there's six, seven players sitting right there at four. If you're convinced that, you know, some of those guys, and obviously if there's a group of six or seven, if you can get Carolina to come up and take Justin Herbert or the Chargers to come up and take Justin Herbert you move down two spots you get an extra you know at least an extra day two pick out of the deal most likely you know probably more the way that teams value quarterbacks that's still an awesome situation to be in it it helps the Giants so much to get those extra picks because I don't well, let me ask you this. Let's kind of turn the topic a different way. We mentioned some of those offensive linemen. Do you, you know, there's there's Mika Becton, there's Andrew Thomas, there's Tristan Wirfs, there's Jedrick Wills. Do you see that much difference in that quartet of guys where one stands way above the rest or where as long as you get one of those guys, you're okay? I'm okay with getting one of those guys. I don't really feel one stands above the rest. The one that I'm, the two that I'm really smitten with would be Jedrick Wills and Tristan Wirfs. I mean, I've watched a couple games on each. I still want to do more on Andrew Thomas, who seems like a very, very powerful 
player but might be a little bit slow with his footwork and he gets sloppy at times but Kai Becton mountain of a man he was at Louisville for those of you who don't know he's six foot seven about 370 pounds and he moves pretty well in space but he has had weight issues and I don't know how that's going to translate with the NFL but he's also a player that I would be incredibly interested in if the Giants did trade back a little bit and if he was still there I like Wirfs just because he moves so well in space excellent footwork comes from Iowa that's a really good school when it comes to producing offensive linemen in the NFL. People think that he can't play left tackle because his arms might come out a little bit shorter. But the guy's six foot five, 322 pounds. He's technically savvy at the position. He's powerful, good speed for that position. I really like him. And then Jedrick Wills, it's just hard to find something wrong with him. Again, a lot of people think he should only play right tackle, but I feel like he could play left tackle in the NFL as well. And I don't really have them necessarily ranked at the moment, but I would put Wirfs and Wills up there at the top with Becton slightly behind that and then uh, Andrew Thomas. But again, Andrew Thomas isn't just a consolation or isn't a terrible consolation prize at that. It's just there's some things with his game that aren't exactly – I question some of his uh, ability to pass set and things like that. Coming from Georgia, they run a lot of play action. On, they run the ball a lot. So that would be uh, – if you had to do that consistently, how would his footwork – and his ability to kick slide and things like that kind of happen when he keeps doing it. And when defensive ends see him do that time and time again, will they be able to take advantage of it just because he had a couple reps that was like, oh, what was he doing there? How did he get off balance there? He's overextending at his hips and he's getting knocked around. It's just stuff like that. It's only a couple reps, though. So I don't want to, you know, sit here and totally crap on Andrew Thomas because he is a very solid player. He's just not as solid as Worfs or Wills, in my opinion. All right, let's take a short break here for a word from our sponsors at SB Nation. Nick, when we come back, we'll sort of turn our attention to uh, to the defensive side of the ball, talk about some of the uh, some of the top defensive players, and we'll talk a little bit about the combine itself just in terms of uh, of what you're looking forward to and maybe how you watch the combine and and, and how you sort of perceive the things that we see. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Giants fans, Ed Valentine back here on the Valentine's Views podcast. And we're talking with Big Blue View contributor Nick Filato about uh, the upcoming NFL scouting combine. Nick, we talked a lot about uh, about the offensive players uh, that could be available to the Giants at number four. Obviously, 
let's take Chase Young out of the equation because everybody considers him to be the you know the number basically the best player in the draft and and if he's somehow sitting there at number four, you know th- that's a no brainer. I mean, I, I I I would actually like to see how fast Dave Gettleman could get out of his chair and get over <laughs> the table and, and and get that card up to. Uh, to to select Chase Young if uh, if, if that were to happen uh, I I would I would love to get video of that to be honest with you but look at the other defensive guys you know we're talking Isaiah Simmons we're talking Jeffrey Okuda we're talking even Derek Brown uh, you know the big defensive tackle from Auburn is it is it in your mind is there a clear favorite out of those guys if the Giants were to go defense at four? You know, clear favorite. You know th- that you would like to see them grab. If they were to go defense at four, my clear favorite would be Isaiah Simmons, just because he is such a chess piece that I feel Patrick Graham would do an excellent job in playing. And I feel like really any defensive coordinator, it would be hard to not employ him the right way because he can do so many different things. He can play in the box. He can roll, uh, rove around the line of scrimmage, which is something that Patrick Graham did a lot on third downs. He would have one or two down linemen and then just have about four edge to linebacker players just roaming, keeping the offensive linemen on their toes and then blitzing, slanting, doing things like that upon the snap. And I feel Isaiah Simmons would excel there, but he could also drop back, play safety. He can play nickel in the slot. He could do that. He's shown that. He's really good in coverage against tight ends. So I feel like he would be a headache for any offensive coordinator facing the New York Giants. And I would love to have a player like that at the second level of the Giants defense, something the Giants just have not had in so long, that second level impact player. Simmons can also blitz off the edge and do so many different creative things. So it would be Isaiah Simmons for me. I do look at Jeffrey Okuda, though, too. And I'm a fan of DeAndre Baker. I felt like he finished the year much better than the start. And I feel like James Betcher's system is incredibly difficult to kind of comprehend with the pattern match schemes and things like that. There were a lot of blown coverages. But even though I'm a fan of Baker, I still feel the Giants need to bring in another number one. So if it were to be Jeffrey Okuda, somebody who can play man coverage, is physical, at the line of scrimmage, things that you're looking for, can tackle, do all those things, not afraid of contact, I wouldn't mind that either. I would like for the Giants to trade back again. That's kind of what I'm hoping happens unless Chase Young does fall because I do feel like the Giants just need more picks to help this roster. As I already said, Dave Gettleman isn't really used to trading back, but those would be the two that kind of jump in my mind. If the Giants did trade back, let's play the scenario out a little bit. If the Giants did trade back, you have guys like Clavion Chaseon. I always like kind of mess up his name a little bit, but he is from LSU and he finished the year incredibly strong. I want to say he had about four sacks in six games, but there wasn't a lot of production at LSU and he dealt with a lot of injuries, but he's one of those edge type players that are incredibly flexible, something that you'll probably see in the run the hoop drill, which is a new drill for the defensive linemen coming at the combine. They're going to be basically running in like a figure eight around hoops, really just to showcase hip and knee flexibility. I feel like he's going to go to the combine and have an incredibly good combine down there in Indianapolis. And then you have players like AJ Epinesa, who was a stronger, more power based edge player. I'm not sure if the Giants would go that direction if they do sign Leonard Williams, but he's somebody who you can't really go wrong with. He's not overly, I mean, he's athletic, don't get me wrong, but he's not the Chase Young or the Chase Young kind of athlete, but he's just incredibly powerful and he's very technically sound. Again, coming from Iowa, well coached there with Kirk Ferentz. So 
I look at if you're going in the second round, maybe even later, Joshua Uche out of Michigan. He went down to the Senior Bowl, had an incredibly solid outing out there in Mobile. Very, very flexible, explosive kind of player. People are saying that he might be a tweener. How are you going to use him? Because he's only like 240 pounds. But I felt like Uche made money down there in Mobile, and he can go to the combine and do the same thing if he kind of shows that he has that 10-yard split and the explosive numbers, see what his three-cone is. Things like that. Bradley and Nye is another edge that you can get later. Shorter arms, but a lot of production at Utah. And he also went down to Mobile and had a pretty solid outing. So I'm looking at that edge position because the Giants really need to lock that down. you got to look at the linebacker position and the safety. I mean, it's really all levels there. But just to go back to the beginning of the question, Isaiah Simmons would be the guy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's a, that's, that's a long-winded answer, but but we got it. And, and we got a lot of uh, scouting reports on a few other guys. I did want to ask you, we get to the on-field workouts on Thursday. Now, I'm actually going to be in Indy. Um, I'll get, I get there Monday night, so I'm going to be there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And, and my thing while I'm there is going to be trying to, to get as many interviews, trying to get as much audio, you know, trying to, to get around and, and meet as many of these players as I can and, and and try to bring some flavor, you know, to to Big Blue View readers and listeners of our podcast of of what these guys are all about. But for you know, for most fans, for most folks, the combine starts on Thursday when we see the the on field workouts. Just give me, you know, may, you you've mentioned a few guys already, but give me a few guys who who might be you know mid round late round guys, guys who you're really looking forward to watching at the combine to see what they do, you know, especially guys you think might be might be on the Giants radar. I think Akeem Davis Gaither, he's a linebacker from Appalachian State. I feel like he's somebody who's incredibly athletic, moves very well in space, does solid job in zone coverage from the little bit I saw from him coming out of Appalachian State, but he was at the senior bowl and the linebacker drills that I did witness down there, he performed at a high level I think he's somebody a really really good athlete a longer player I believe he's only about 6'1 or 6'2 but he has longer arms he's somebody I feel like that could be on the Giants radar for that second level defender and then I look at some of the defensive backs both safeties from Utah that's Julian Blackman and Terrell Burgess Blackman's a little bit more of that cover one high guy that you look for and then Burgess he had a couple nice interceptions on this year he's a little bit more physical I feel both of those guys are people that I'm looking at. Jeremy Chin from Southern Illinois. Now, he's a rocked up dude. I know he's coming from Southern Illinois. That's FCS school. It's not exactly big, but he went down to Mobile and he played his bottom off, to be honest. He played incredibly well and opened eyes because people had a lot of questions about him. Can he compete with Division One athletes coming from the SEC and the Big Ten? And you know what? He did. I'm hoping for the Giants that he could be there maybe in the fourth round or something like that. But that remains to be seen. He might sneak into the third round. I believe when I'm looking at some of the offensive players, it really comes down to those offensive linemen. I want to see them in the new mirror drills that are coming because, again, the combine, it's changing. Obviously, now the the drills are at night, and they're adding new drills every uh, – well, they added a bunch of new drills this year, and a new mirror drill, new screen drills to kind of see how these players operate in space. So if we're evaluating that top pick, we want to see how you know Beckton Werfs, who I believe will really do well on that drill, Wills, how they operate in space, Thomas as well. And I think Jeff Thomas is the receiver from Miami who might be an underrated guy to watch to kind of set the 40 
on this. I mean, obviously the favorite right now is Henry Ruggs. You got Jalen Rager from TCU, but Jeff Thomas from Miami, he's an incredibly fast player. He's somebody to watch as well when it comes to just the speed. And when I'm looking at some of the receivers, there's going to be a lot of big bodies here. A lot of people like to look at these receivers. I'm looking at Antonio Gandy-Golden from Liberty. He was down at the Senior Bowl. He played well. What's his 40 time going to be? If he could run in those four fives, that's going to be really solid for him. Denzel Mims, if he can run in that those low four fives. Van Jefferson, if he can run in the four fours, that would do well for them. Again, very, very, very deep wide receiver class. I'm a big fan of Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State. He was down in Mobile, but he had a core issue, so he couldn't play. He should be training at the Combine now. I want to see what he runs as well because – a lot of these bigger body, I mean, Jason Garrett likes those X receivers. People have been bringing that up a lot. You got guys like Chase Claypool is going to be down there from Notre Dame. He's another really big body, about a biscuit away from being a tight end. I think if he runs somewhere in the 4-5, that would do him well, too. All right, so what I did want to ask you, you mentioned the fact that you were down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. Now, the Senior Bowl practice week and what we see at the Combine are vastly different. At the Combine, we see guys... In you know, in shorts and t-shirts, we see guys running drills. We see guys being tested purely on various forms of athleticism. At the Senior Bowl, we see a whole lot more one-on-one blocking drills, one-on-one you know, receiver versus cornerback kinds of drills. With for you as an evaluator, for you. What do you place more emphasis on, you know, on on the actual physical sort of one-on-one things that you see or on the actual or on the testing numbers that we're going to get out of Indianapolis over the next few days? I put a more emphasis on Mobile, the Senior Bowl, because you're bringing these kids in. They've been comfortable in their specific schools with their specific programs, and they come into an environment where there's all these other players and all these other seniors that they do not know with a new coaching staff, an NFL coaching staff, which is intimidating. They go in there, and then you get to see, here's a playbook. It's rudimentary playbook, but here's a playbook. Learn this playbook. Then you get to go on the field, and you get to do what you've been doing since you were a kid for a lot of these players, and that's playing football. And they have to showcase their talent like that. I feel like that gives you kind of a better barometer of how to analyze these players how how can they what their mental processing is like how can they process this playbook how can they work well with other teammates that I don't really know who's the leaders I feel like they all kind of rise and I feel like some people might struggle in the first day of practice and then by day, day three of practice they kind of have it down and then you see them go to the senior bowl and they ball out and you like to see that kind of ascension you like to see that kind of progression of the players kind of getting more and more comfortable and it's actual football it's pads it's hitting it's tackling it's a, it's drills, like actual football drills, not running around in a circle in your underwear. So I feel the combine is a good way to substantiate how you already feel about a player. Now, if a player goes to the combine and you watch this film and you say, yeah, you know, he, he's okay, but I don't really think he's that good of an athlete. And then he goes and he runs a 4-2-9 and his three cone is like a 6-8 or a 6-7 or something like that. It's like, okay, I need to go back to that film and I need to really evaluate it. And that's kind of what... I use the combine as it's a way to kind of uh, just prove what you already feel about a player. And then when people go and they do different things that you might not have saw on tape and you didn't think that they would do those certain things, then you go back to the tape and reevaluate. And a lot, I feel like a lot of people use the combine like that. And it's also a way to see how people train because bench press, it's not all that practical, right? In the NFL, you're not sitting there with offensive, you know, tackles 
on top of you, just benching them up and down like that. But it's a good way to kind of judge how somebody took their training. It's a good way to judge how this player, how serious this player is in the gym, in the weight room. So I feel like you can kind of unlock a lot of things about the player through how they test, how hard they trained, all those kind of things, which are incredibly important when you get to the NFL. Yes, they are. And you know, it's interesting. The last thing we'll talk about, I guess, is there were some there were some questions about DeAndre Baker, about the way he approached the combine a year ago. Not really questions about his talent or his ability, but maybe about the way he approached getting ready for the combine. And then it probably, as the, as the year unfolded after the Giants drafted him, there were questions about his study habits uh, and and about just how much time he had put into actually really learning James Betcher's schemes. And, and I think maybe that's the kind of thing that we're talking about here is it maybe should have raised a little bit of a red flag on just how much of a commitment you want to make to a player like that. Exactly. And that's an excellent point. And I think one reason why people overlooked it was because Ja'Kai Polite was at the Combine last year and he had one of the worst Combines ever. He showed up a little overweight and when the media asked him about things, he was like, yeah, everyone's just crapping on me. I don't really understand this. No, people were just the, – the scouts were just trying to pick your brain to see why you did something on your tape and he didn't really kind of understand that and he fell to the third round and now he's out of the league. So people can really hurt themselves at the Combine if they don't – if they don't get it, you know what I mean? That's why these players need to surround themselves with people who care about them. You're an agent that really knows how to kind of prep them for these kind of drills and especially for the interviews, which is a huge part of the combine that we as fans don't see. But the interview process is gigantic. The formal interviews, the informal interviews that all these players go through. It's a very, very long week for the players. But you need to they need to be aware of the questions that they're going to be that are going to be thrown in their direction or they may end up like Ja'Kai Polite. All right, Nick. Hey, I appreciate your spending some time with me today. Uh, I want you to just, uh, you know, because I don't do a good enough job at Big Blue View of making sure where uh, that I that I let everybody know where, where all of my contributors can be found on Twitter and social media. Why don't you just let folks know uh, where they can find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter. It's pretty easy. Just at Nick Falato. That is N I C K F A L A. T-O. And uh, during the season, I post a lot of stuff about the Giants clips, especially the all 22 clips. And I tweet every now and again, too, about this team because, you know, I love this team. It's a good team to follow. Well, you know, it's uh, I always try at Big Blue View. I try to uh, t- I try to know what I do best and what I don't do best. And and one of the reasons we've got Nick on staff is because he's really, really good with the with the film study. He's got a pretty deep knowledge of, of the college prospects. He's uh, he's really good in a lane where uh, that that really isn't my specialty. So uh, so hopefully you guys are, are following Nick's work and and enjoying what he's doing for us at Big Blue View. Nick, uh, hopefully we'll have you on again. Thanks. Thank you very much, Ed. Thank you, everybody. All right, Giants fans. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye bye. More to dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, 
wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.